Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Luke chapter 24, get ready. One, verse 1 through 12, I am going to give you some more scriptures than usual, but I think you're here because you love the Lord and you don't mind. I'm going to be reading from the NLT version uh, for, to start off, and um, I'm going to share some things today that was going to bring hope to your life and remind and anchor us in our faith. Amen. Luke 24, verse 1 through 12, NLT says, but very early on Sunday morning, someone say Amen. Now, I want to just pause and give a shout out to the women because the women were the first evangelists after the resurrection. Come on, ladies. Right after the resurrection, the very first evangelists that told the good news were women. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, they were puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in radiant, dazzling robes. We know these are angels. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Come on, say amen. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. That the, um, then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples, here are women evangelists running back from an encounter with angels and everyone else, what had happened. They, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to these men. These were the apostles at, that, that at first said this is nonsense, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb and looked. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Can I hear an amen? I want to encourage you today that because of the cross and the resurrection, where we hear the story all the time, we hear the message of the gospel, we hear the message of the cross, I want to encourage you, and I want to say something very significant. That the cross and the resurrection of Jesus finalized our faith in the Lord. Finalized our victory and our faith. Everybody say victory and our faith. Say one more time. Say victory and our faith. Put that slide up, Zach. That's the first slide. Because we have the victory to overcome every problem, every addiction, every darkness. But we also anchor our faith in the very fact that Jesus is alive. If Jesus only died on the cross, which is huge, but did not rise from the dead, the Apostle Paul said that we will actually be more pitiful than any other man. That, does, that almost sounds blasphemous. That you have to understand that the resurrection is the anchor to solidify our faith. The cross, the cross was the, the instrument that conquered sin and death. The resurrection was the authentication of it. It was the finalization of it. And the reason why you say our faith is because Paul the Apostle says something in the book of Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, and then 16 through 17. He said something very powerful because the two most 
significant events of all of human history and all of Christianity. Without these two events, we are wasting our time. Without the cross and without the resurrection, we are just sitting in pews listening to babble. But because of this, we have life everlasting, sins forgiven, so many things, but we anchor our faith. Look at what Paul the Apostle says. If Christ is not risen from the dead, then our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. Look at what it says in verse 16. For if the dead did not rise, then Christ is not risen. Look at what verse 17 says. And if Christ is not risen, this is... This is a slap in our faith. Your faith is futile, and you're still in your sins. But thank God he didn't stay in that grave. He says, if, he says all the stuff that we're doing, all the, can I modernize it for a little bit? All the conferences, all the teachings, all the seminars, all the equipping, all the falling down in the Holy Ghost, it will be mean nothing and futile. Your ministry will be nothing if Christ didn't rise from the dead. Your faith in Jesus has to include a risen Savior, not on Easter, not on Resurrection Sunday, every second of the day. Every second of the day has to include it because, listen, that is the only difference that differentiates our faith from every other faith. All the other, all the other faiths, they're dead and their bones stayed in their grave and their bodies stayed in their grave. They couldn't find the body of Jesus when they went in the tomb. So the faith, our faith and victory is anchored in the resurrection. And not only that, like I told you before, Paul the Apostle says, if we only hang our faith, listen, I'm going to say it slow so you guys won't think I'm blasphemous. If we only hang our faith in the temporary, in the now, uh, let me just say it like Paul said it. If we only anchor our faith as if when Jesus only walked on the earth only, then we are incomplete and we're pitiful, the Bible says. You said, what? Look, I'm glad you asked that because in your head you're asking that. <laughs> First Corinthians, where did I say? 15 verse 19. Look at the NLT. Look at the NLT. I'm going to give you lots of scriptures. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life. Come on. You know what this life was talking about? Was when he was walking on the earth. If our, this, listen to what Paul says. It almost doesn't sound biblical. He says, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, you would, you would think that he would say, well, that's, that's still good. He said, we are more to be pitied than any, anyone in the world. You know why he said that? Because of the fact that the resurrection of Jesus showed the power of God. Because he lives, you live also. The Bible says, Jesus says, not too long from now, you're, the world is not going to see me, but you will see me. But wait a minute. He was, oh, what, what is he talking about? I see you right now. He says, no, you're going to see me, not in the tomb. You're going to see me alive. And then he says this, because I live you live also. You know what that means? Jesus is not the only person who resurrected from the dead. You resurrected from the dead. So we're celebrating today not only Jesus' resurrection, is your resurrection from the dead. Your resurrection from sin. Your resurrection from dead works. Your resurrection from chains. I'm going to go over here because this, this crowd claps a little bit. He, do you know what that means? Dead, you're, you're free from dead works. You're free from humanism. You're free from, from self-help to try to get to heaven. No, Jesus is alive, and that means you're alive. So we're celebrating two resurrections this morning. We're celebrating Jesus' resurrection and your resurrection. For those who've given their life to the Lord, you are raised from the spiritually dead. 
You know why this is so exciting? Because it's not a different Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. It's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Oh, my God. My God. The same Holy Spirit, not the arm, not the leg of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit that went in and resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in you. Do you understand that when we have that type of attitude, we should be smiling all day, even when we're having problems? Because what will 70, 80 years of this life have in comparison to all eternity? That's why Paul said it. He goes, you have to have an eternal perspective. You just can't have the now. You have to have the eternal perspective. You know what? 80, 90 years, if you live that long, what is that worth compared to all of eternity? You can't put a time clock on eternity. So the cross dealt and conquered with uh, sin and death, and the, and the resurrection solidified it and finalized it and authenticated it. Everybody say amen. And so why do I say this? Because I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, and when we come about the resurrection, in, in, in services all across America, the, 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 when we talk about the resurrection, we, we usually talk about him resurrecting from the grave. But there's so many implications of what Jesus did in the resurrection that we don't even realize. Do you realize that we cannot have the Holy Spirit on the earth and living inside of us without the resurrection? If it was just the cross, the Holy Spirit was not able to come. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was not living inside of man until after the cross and the resurrection. Put that next slide up, Zach, about the Holy Spirit here. The next slide. Without the cross and the resurrection, we would never have the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of us to transform and empower us. Oh, the the Bible said it was absolutely necessary. Look what John chapter 20, verse 19 through 22 says in the New King James. Look at what Jesus said. He was preparing them. See, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, unfortunately, we only limit the Holy Spirit to tongues or to power, or we, we limit the Holy Spirit to some shaking. The Holy Spirit is a vital part, the most vital part of our Christian life, because without the Holy Spirit, we can't live justified and sanctified but guess what the holy spirit is directly connected to the resurrection oh i'm about to drop this expensive mic right here because without the resurrection you and i will never experience tongues we'll never experience the baptism of the holy spirit look at what jesus how jesus correlates after after he dies and after he resurrects that the holy spirit will come and he says it's actually beneficial for you look he said at that he said then the same evening this is when he was walking on the earth uh, on the same evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut now remember uh, sorry this is after he resurrected Okay, so he, he died on the cross. He's already he's the first day of the, e- of the week, so it's the evening. So remember, we, we started in the first scripture that first Sunday morning. Now that evening, that evening, right? The day hadn't even passed yet. He says, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in. Could you imagine that? We read that and we're like, yeah. Could you imagine that? Jesus, we're, the disciples are here and Jesus resurrected and all of a sudden while we're, we're, we're having a meeting and we're having a pity party and we're crying, right through the walls, Jesus comes and <laughs> And he says, peace be to you. Now watch. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. When they saw the Lord. Now watch this. Look at this. 
So Jesus said to them, are you there? Okay. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. Now watch this. This is after the resurrection. Are you ready? Are you ready? And when he had said this, come on, I'm going to shout. Wait a minute. Remember, these disciples were with him for three years. So wait a minute. What is Jesus talking about? What is he talking about? Because he gave them power to heal. That was the anointing upon them. That was not the Holy Spirit in them yet. And he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. (sighs) So wait a minute. So right after the resurrection, the disciples that were with him for all those years, he breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. That means they didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them yet or else Jesus would not say that because he's he's not crazy. And so he said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know what happened there? Jesus got born again. They got justification and salvation, and they, and, they got, and, and they got breathed in the Holy Spirit, and they got renewed and sanctified right there. When you give your life to Jesus, who comes in your life? You know, we have this cute little phrase, Jesus come in my heart. Well, what happens is not Jesus, the, uh, the physical man, Jesus, little, little Jesus, you know, little, little wobblehead Jesus coming in and living in your heart. is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And his spirit and your spirit are one. Watch this. This is the disciples. But it was after the resurrection that Jesus went, now you're truly born again. Now you're justified. Now, now you say, wait, and I'm not, I'm not going to transgress, but remember, the Holy Spirit came upon uh, with, in, in the baptism in Acts chapter 2. So that shows you that there's, a, there's people that are saved, and, and that is the, the number one thing. They don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet, and it's okay. It's just, to some, they'll, they'll contend for it. To some, they don't have it. But here's what I'm saying is that was not the baptism of the Holy Spirit when Jesus blew on them. That was not the one because there's not two baptisms of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost came in Acts chapter 2, but the resurrection provided salvation for all humanity. Breathed on the Holy Spirit. Look at what John 16 verse 7 says. Are you enjoying this? Now I tell you the truth. This is Jesus while he's walking. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Watch this. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Now look at this little, little foreshadow. Now what I love about Jesus, he didn't, sometimes he just didn't say, hey, I'm going to die and I'm going to do this. and I'm gonna do it. Sometimes he just, he just releases this revelation. He says this, look. He says, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he convicts the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. What is Jesus talking about there? He's saying, when I die and I rise again on that third day, he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. I'm going to send. I believe that the person of the Holy Spirit has been one of the most forgotten personalities and persons in all of the uh, of American churches we talk about so many things but we don't realize that he says it's necessary that I leave because if you if I don't leave the Holy Spirit won't live inside of you church can I just say a proclamation the resurrection provided the person of the Holy Spirit to come live and transform our lives and empower us to victory We somehow just say Holy Spirit without realizing that it took death and resurrection for the Holy Spirit to come. Salvation and justification is here because of the resurrection. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So this, again, that you are risen from the dead. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus did three things. He did more, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little revelation here. One of the things that Jesus did by dying on the cross and resurrecting again, he did three major things. Now, he did a lot of things, but he did three things, and it's, I'm going to give you the three R's, okay? And then I'm going to break down the three R's, okay? Are you ready with me? And you can put it all as I say it, Zach. One, he released us, or you, from our iniquities. I'm going to tell you what iniquities is. Two, Say, you know what? Say that with me. Say, he released me from my iniquities. Okay. Number two, he removes, say he removes, my transgressions. And number three, he chooses not to remember, say remember, our sins anymore. So the three R's, he releases us from our iniquities, he removes our transgressions, and he chooses not to remember our sin chooses. And I'm, I don't want to preach before this revelation hits you. But I want to start for, for, for a, just a reference for those who like scriptures and those who like the Bible. You can reference, I believe, is I'm not going to turn to it, Exodus 34 verse 7. In Exodus 34 verse 7, the, the Lord says, I will, I will um, remember their, forgive their iniquities. I will uh, remove their transgression. I will remember their sin no more. So listen to this. Listen, in one verse, there's three interchangeable words that we use all the time, like, you know, sin. and it, Well, if, if, if it was the same word, why would Jesus say it three different times? He said iniquity, he said transgression, and he said sin. Now, I know a lot of us don't go around thinking about these things, but the cross and the resurrection dealt with all those things. Now, what is, what is um, iniquity? I'm going to just say that. The Hebrew word, there's three different Hebrew words there for iniquity. It's the tendency, and I pulled it from a bunch of lexicons together and, 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 and some Bible dictionaries. It's the tendency to, and pull for perversity, an inward motivation. Say inward motivation. That drives and propels people towards sin. So this is going to be deep for just, just hear me for a second. Uh, it's the inner condition of guilt, knowing and being resolved in one's heart to do a particular pattern of sin and doing it anyways. In other words, in my language is, I know it's bad and I'm thinking about it, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's the, it's the tendency to keep thinking and thinking about the gravitation of sin until it becomes an action. So it's really talking about, obviously, the action, but it starts in the inward. Everybody say inward, all right? So the, our transgressions now is a little bit deeper. Our transgressions, according to the Bible, is the repeated outward action of the inward motivation for sin. The repeated outward actions of uh, of the inward motivation for sin. Uh, and we get the word uh, transgression from the word trespass. Everybody say trespass. Which means to step over a known boundary repeatedly. A known boundary. I'm just going to say this. I'm looking down because I want to make sure I get this right. And it goes from something that you're thinking about continually to actually doing it. That is the transgressions. It's a, it's a deeper level. Is that transgression where you're constantly trespassing. So iniquity is a perpetual inward uh, desire that manifests outwardly. And it's the guilt that knows that it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyways. And transgression is the continual outward act of something that you know is wrong. Can I hear an amen? 
Now watch this. I say that, I'm, uh, I say that because I'm going to tell you what the cross and the resurrection did. And then number three, he chooses to remember our sin no more. And I'm going to talk about that. Now you may say, where is it in the Bible that, that it says that he's going to remove our iniquity and our transgression? Well, if you know anything about Scripture, the prophet Isaiah prophesied several thousand years before this, before today, and he said that there is coming a Messiah, and he described, watch this, oh, Oh, my God. Not only the cross, but he described in a hidden, revelatory way that Jesus, when he would die on the cross, would deal with our iniquities and our transgression when he died on the cross and and he rose again. Look at what Isaiah 53 says. Look at this. It's a very popular scripture, Isaiah 53, verse 5. But I'm going to give you something that I know is going to bless you. Watch this. Look at what it says here. But he was wounded. Now, look at now, I want you to pay close attention. Why can't God just make it easy and say he was wounded for our sins? Why did he say the word transgression and then he says iniquities? Look at this. He was wounded. Everybody say wounded. Oh, man. He was wounded for our transgression. I've read this for years. I never got this until just recently. He was bruised. Everybody say bruised. Say bruised. Now remember the difference between wounds and bruises. Okay? So he was wounded for our transgression, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, what does that mean? you got to watch this because a wound is an outward manifestation of hurt. It's when you see a wound, oh, man. When you, you see, some of you are getting it already if you, know, if you paid attention to transgression and iniquity. He was wounded for our transgression, a wound. When you see a wound in somebody, you actually see it on the outside. You can't see the wound on the inside. When you, see, when you label something a wound, it's either a cut, it's either an injury, either a broken leg or a broken uh, finger or a blood coming out. But oh, there's something that is, can be seen on the outside. On the outside, you see wounds, but bruises are internal bleeding. Bruise, when you're bruised, if you talk to doctors, what bruise means is even though you see the bruise on the outside, the true bruise is inner bleeding. You're bleeding from the inside. And so when, G, when the prophet said he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities, what he is saying is when Jesus died and, and rose from the dead, he not only took care of the inside, he took care of the outside. He made you clean inside from your iniquities and he cleansed you from your transgressions on the outside. Come on, give God some praise. So he says he's wounded, wounded outside for our transgressions. And he is bruised inside for our iniquities. Do you realize that if you're here and you have a propensity to keep on doing something that you feel that you, have, you are powerless to do, I got news for you. The resurrected Jesus will give you the power to overcome the propensity and the pattern of darkness in your life. If you just say, here I am, I surrender, he will charge you up. And let me tell you something, it is nothing but a thing for the Lord. He's victorious all the time. You know what I love about Jesus? When the disciples are like, oh, my God, all these things are obeying it to us, and the devil is obeying, he goes, hey, 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 I saw Satan fall like lightning. 
He said, I, I, I saw my father do this. He said, you guys are excited for this? I was there when daddy flicked Satan off like this. Do you realize that that same power is available to you today? We think when we go to church, that's only for the apostles or the prophets or the pastors. No, the Bible does not say these signs shall follow every pastor. It says these signs shall follow those that believe. <laughs> They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They'll cast out demons. Why? Because of the resurrected body of Jesus, we have power, victory, and freedom. Can I hear an amen? And let me just throw in this. This is not in my notes. This is for free. Joy. Christians are some of the most, I mean, I'm not, I'm not supposed to preach here on a, on a Sunday morning, I mean, on a Resurrection Sunday service, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will give you true joy when all hell is breaking loose, and that is because of the resurrection. We got some of the saddest people on the planet that are Christians. We need to revisit the death and resurrection of Jesus and realize because he lives, I live. You guys are walking resurrection time bombs. Do you, do you, you know, it's funny because I remember one, uh, you take God with you everywhere because he's alive. He, God is not sitting here in RCC saying, boy, I can't wait till they come in here today. Man, this is such a good building, George. This is amazing what I did for you. I remember years ago I was preaching somewhere and, and, and the guy, he said, he said hey, um, you have until 9.30 p.m. I was a guest speaker. He goes, uh, but if the Lord moves, you have until 10.15 and I remember I said, oh, and then we're going to go to 1015, 1030. It's going to happen. And then he said to me, did the Lord speak to you? He goes, I go, no, he didn't speak to me. He goes, well, how do you know? He goes, because I carry God with me. Everywhere I go, God's going to move. <laughs> now, to some of you, man, that's so cocky. That's because you don't know your identity of who you are. If you know who your identity, you will walk because the risen Christ lives in you. You will walk into a hostile environment and diffuse everything. Why? Because greater is he that, that is in you than he who is in the world. But do you believe that or do you just quote that from some good charismatic quotation marks? Because he lives, I live. Come on, say it. Because he lives, I live. So he was wounded for our transgressions, which is it was outward. And inward, he said he was bruised for our iniquities. He took care of it all. Glory to God. Glory to God. And now on top of that, now here's where I'm going to really get excited. He says, not only am I going to remove your, your, um, your transgressions and I'm going to remove your, your iniquities. He says, I'm going to choose. Now watch. This is going to be a, a, a news to some of you. I'm going to choose. And the key word that I'm trying to harp on is choose. And I'm going to tell you for a reason why I say choose. I'm going to choose. Because of the death of my son, I'm not going to remember your sins anymore. Now, now listen to what I'm about to say. If you come to me for forgiveness... If you come to the Lord for forgiveness, he will choose not to remember it anymore. And when you try to bring it up again, and the enemy tries to bring it up again, the accuser of the brethren tries to bring it up again, because of the death and resurrection of the cross and the life of Jesus, the Father turns to, to Jesus and to you and says, I don't know what you're talking about. I chose to not remember that anymore. If you did come to the Lord and forgive. Now watch. I'm going to prove it to you. Now put, put that slide up there, uh, Zach. Um, well, actually, don't put it up there. <laughs> don't put it up there yet. I'm just getting ahead of myself. 
Look at what the Bible said in Isaiah chapter 53. Sorry, 43. Are you, are you with me? Are you with me? Now watch this. This is the third thing that I'm going to share with you, and then I'm going to share one more thing, and we're going to let you go. He says, I don't remember what you're bringing up anymore because of the blood of my son. Now you say, where is that? Isaiah 43, verse 25. Look at what it says. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not what? I will not what? Now remember, this is a choice, all right, because I'm going to save the best for last. This is a choice. Everybody say a choice. Okay. Look at what Hebrews uh, verse 8 says. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. Now again, I'm going but it's going to be on the screen. If you want to take notes, you can. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Now, he's quoting an Old Testament scripture, but here it is in Hebrews. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall say to his neighbor, and none of his brothers saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. What a promise. From the least of them to the greatest of them. Now, watch this. Look at this. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sin and their lawless deeds, here's that word again, I will remember no more. L- look at this. Now, I want you to zoom in on me here. Notice that Jesus, notice that the scriptures did not say, I, will, I forgot your sins or I bumped my head and forgot. He didn't say he forgot about your life. He didn't say he forgot about your sins. Don't think I'm blasphemous. Just hear me out for a second. He says, I choose not to remember. There's a difference between forgetting and choosing not to remember. Because if he, because God is omniscient. Everybody say omniscient. Yeah. Say omniscient. That means God is all-knowing. If he's all-knowing and he doesn't know something, he will cease to be omniscient and he will be cease, he'll cease to be God. So he doesn't forget like he has no clue whatever happened in your life. He chooses not to remember it anymore. And the word remember in the scripture means this. It means to recall or to bring something up again, either against you or for you. I'm going to say that again because I just make myself happy. To remember means to recall or bring up again, again, uh, sorry, let me read that again. To recall or bring up again for us. Now that means it's either against us or for us. Now the accuser of the brethren, which is Satan, he brings up the old stuff and he remembers the old stuff and he continually accuses you before the Father. And every time the Father says, I see the blood of my son over them. It doesn't matter what you're accusing. But here's what the the Bible says when he remembers sins no more. He says, in other words, God says, I will not remember your sin. In other words, this is what he's saying. I know that you did it. I know that you did it, but I will no longer remember it and use it against you because of the blood of my son, the resurrection, and, the, and, and this cro- the cross of Christ. He says, I know that you did it, but I choose to not remember it. He, I, I choose not to remember it, and I'm not going to bring it up whenever you're failing, and I'm not going to bring it up whenever you feel condemnation. See, Jesus, our God, is not going to say, you know what? You're having bad days. You haven't uh, prayed with me. How about the, that last week when you do it? See, I knew you weren't going to do that. No, he will not remember it anymore. Oh, that is a glorious day. Turn to somebody right now. Turn to somebody and say, the Lord has removed your transgressions, and he chooses not to remember it anymore. That ought to make you a worshiper right now. 
That, 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 that ought to make you stand up for about a minute and give God praise. That, that, that ought to make you go have a praise break in the middle of my preaching. He's removed your sins and he doesn't remember anymore. If we know the power of the cross and the resurrection, can I say something real deep? We'll have even better marriages because we keep reminding each other of our faults. We keep reminding people what they did last week or what they did the day before. But God says, if you come to me because of my cross, because of my resurrection, I'm not going to even remember. I'm not going to remember that you cursed me out. I'm not going to remember that you walked away from me. I'm not going to remember. I choose to remember that you're here and that my blood of my son is for you. That's what I remember. The cross and the resurrection gives you the Holy Spirit. He cleanses you from unrighteousness and he chooses to remember your sin anymore. If God Almighty who is perfect can choose to not remember our sins, then by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we don't have to recall that either to other people. If we walked in resurrection power, we will not recall. What good is that going to do? Jesus is so wise. We, we think that in our humanistic way, by recalling something bad, that that's going to actually help somebody. They already know they're bad. The backslider, they already know they're bad. Hey, you know, you, know, you, should, you should go back to church because you, know, you, you could die any moment. You know, you know that, right? He's like, I'm in the bar. I know I'm, not, I'm, I know I'm not living for God. Listen, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Repentance is important, but it's not a beat your head type of you're, you're messed up and you're, you're trash. And no, no, Jesus' cross and resurrection proves that he remembers your sin no more. Come on. That is amazing. If I could have the worship team up here, I'm going to share some last things to you so you can be able to walk in resurrection power. How do you walk in resurrection power? By knowing these things. If you know these things, your relationships will be much better. You know, sometimes I realize that when people are arguing with each other, I know this is like a really kind of weird allegory, but it's like if you're truly Christians, if you're truly the body of Christ, it's like, Jesus fighting against Jesus, the Holy Spirit fighting. Be, why? Because I remember one time I, I was doing something and the Lord says, be careful. Uh, just like this, I felt the fear of the Lord. He says, be careful how you respond to them. They're my bride also. Have you ever seen a jealous husband? The Bible says a jealous husband is his fury. So I want you to see this. The Bible says that he will remember our sins no more. And he releases from our iniquities. Because of the cross and resurrection, not only does he release us from transgression and iniquity and sin. This is the fun part. Are you ready? He destroys every power of the devil, of the demonic and principalities on the earth and in your life. Because of the cross of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, it disarms and destroys all, all, I said all, demonic power and principalities. And because Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure, and we have that ability too, he didn't have to strive real long 
to come against demonic power. Why? Because he knew that the one that was living inside of him was greater than the one that was trying to tempt him. And the same thing with us. He said, as the Father has sent me, I send you. He blew on them the Holy Spirit. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. Now watch this. Because of the cross and because of the resurrection, we have the power to overcome every addiction. Come on. Every darkness. Every demonic chain. I love when Jesus was on the earth and there's this guy in uh, in Mark chapter 5 who was chained up and he was filled with legions of demons, right? Legions. And all these people were trying to counsel him and do all that stuff and and, and trying to get him right. He would break the chains. And I love to have this allegory. The Bible says Jesus didn't announce. He didn't say, hey, where are you at? I'm going to cast this demon out because I'm the Lord. He stepped on that island. He stepped on that, that from the boat. As soon as his foot stepped on that island, that whole island was charged with the presence of God. And get this, get this, how, 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 how messed up the enemy is. The demon-possessed man ran to Jesus. He says, I knew, I know this place has been charged by something that's so powerful and I want to get free. I want to get free from the because even in his mind, even though he was controlled by demonic powers, his mind was like, please, is there somebody, something that could destroy the power that's inside of me that is torturing my soul? Jesus came, stepped into that island, and you know the rest of the story. The Bible says he rebuked that, the, the legion, and he went away. And here's a messed up story. The Bible says that they were more freaked out because, and they were afraid because he was in his right mind. You want to freak people out? You want to freak people out? Allow the Holy Spirit to come change you and start delivering you from that angry person to a peaceful person. And you can start having in the right mind. And there are people like, what is really wrong with this guy? If you really want to change and, 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 and be an evangelistical tool, allow the resurrected power of Jesus to change you from a broken man to a healed man. From a, from a listen, from an angry person to the person that is peace with God. To a, a shouting person that is totally addicted to a joyful person. You know what the Bible says in the last days? There'll be many that proclaim that they're Christians but deny the power of God. What, the, what is the power he's talking about? It's the resurrected power of Jesus. Not the Holy Spirit falling down on the power. It's the power that changes a, a, a person from being bad to a person to being righteous by the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Now look at this. This is the last part. Colossians chapter 2 and there we're going to pray. How many want or know somebody that needs to be freed in, in their mind? From, from the powers of darkness. Jesus' cross and resurrection not only removed our sins and transgressions and he chooses not to remember it anymore. Not only does he give us the Holy Spirit, but it also gives us the power to overcome every darkness, every demonic darkness, every demonic chain on the earth today. Look at what, this, what, the, what Colossians says. I love this. Colossians 2 verse 13 says, And you, being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, Jesus had made alive together with him, having forgiven you of all the trespasses, having wiped out, oh, I love this, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it away. Having nailed it to the cross, look at this, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public 
spectacle. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over all. You know what public spectacle means? We read that scripture and we're like, oh, that is real cool. But you know what really happened in the ancient days, in the ancient times of the kings? When there was a battle between nations and an evil king or an evil enemy, the arch enemy got captured. The righteous king would get that captured enemy. Oh, I'm going to go down here. And he would tie a rope around his neck and he would chain him up in his hands and his feet. And they would parade him, that captured enemy, in front of the righteous king's people who the enemy was torturing for all those years. And he would, and he would, uh, the righteous king would capture the arch enemy, the enemy, and would parade and make a public spectacle of the enemy. And so what he would do, he would say, look, look who I have. It's the one who's been defeating you all these years. It's the one that's been harassing you all these years. Well, guess what? When Jesus died on the cross and resurrected for the dead, spiritually, he grabbed Satan and he put those chains on them and he put his own chains that he was chaining his people and put them on there. He's handcuffed them. He said, hey, brothers and sisters, look who I got. The guy and the enemy that has been plaguing your soul for all these years. The enemy that has been plaguing and harassing you. Look who I got. He is now defeated. Death can no longer stop me. I am risen. I am alive. And he is defeated because of the blood and the resurrection of Jesus. He's defeated the enemy and he's broken his power and he made a public spectacle of him and he said, you know what? Now I have the victory and now I'm going to present it to you, to all my people who you've been harassing. Now they have power over you. Come on, come on, stand up. Stand up to your feet. We want to worship the Lord today in our resurrected, our resurrected king. We want to ask the Lord to remove every obstacle today I'm here to tell you my friends that the resurrected power of Jesus is enough I said it's enough you don't need five hours of counseling you don't need ten hours of prayer even though that's important you need the resurrected Jesus to come and invade your life you need the resurrected Jesus to say Lord I'm tired of mediocre Christianity I'm tired of being bound because if you truly have the Lord in you, let me tell you something. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And for this reason he came, to set us free from darkness and chains. If you have anything that you want to leave here today that you came in with, the resurrected Jesus said you don't have to do it anymore. He's chained up. He's chained up the enemy. Now release your hands and say, God, I'm not leaving with this today. I'm going to apply the resurrected power of God over my mind, over my emotions, over my addictions. Right now, come on, lift up your hands right now. Come on. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. All hail King Jesus. Come on. Come on, lift your hands, everyone. Come on, close your eyes. The power of the Holy Spirit on this Resurrection Sunday is going to set you free. Jesus. Jesus.
going to take a second and say this before we dismiss. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He didn't say, I come to give you existence and existence more abundantly. There's many Christians that are existing, but they're not living abundant life because they don't know the power of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. If I could say something right now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is this. Stop devaluing the person of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. It's greater than you ever know if you just surrender. You may say, well, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter. If you come and you repent and you say, Lord, I'm tired of living halfway. I want to live all the way. I want to surrender everything. I want the full resurrected power of the Holy Spirit to live inside of me. Not only will you be saved, not only will you be changed, but you will walk in freedom. You will walk in victory. I am a believer that if Jesus didn't have to have a 10-step process for the man that have legions, and I believe in counseling, I believe in all that, then it's, and then it's, then it's, it's possible that the resurrected Jesus today can leave you free from what you came in with this morning. So I want you to imagine right now in your head, close your eyes, anything you want to leave here today, anything that you came in here today, whether it's a lustful problem, whether it's an addiction, whether it's some anger issues, whether it's a, a, a gravitational pull that you constantly have towards some area, maybe it's nightmares, maybe it's some torturous nightmares in your ment in mental mind. I'm here to tell you the power of Jesus resurrected will deliver you, will set you free will fill you with the peace that passes all understanding. As I look around the room, I see friends that came from former lifestyles, from former things that were under Satan, and now they're alive in Christ. What a glorious day! What a glorious day! He is Lord! He is Lord! He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord! Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come in my life. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And today, by the resurrected power of Christ, nothing that's in my life will be able to stand or stay that is not from the Lord because of the power of the resurrected Christ. In Jesus' name. So Father, I address sickness. I address addictions. Right now, I address every problem in the mind, every problem for lack of peace. Lord Jesus, break it by your power. Come on right now choose to leave it and surrender one more time all hail king jesus come on thank you for tuning into our podcast for more information about us please visit remnantchristiancenter.com